0: Good morning. I have the distinct privilege of being before you to introduce you to our speaker. If you've been in our Bible class this morning, you've already been introduced to him. He's Robert, Robert Rawson. He's from uh, in the Baseville area. He uh, was born in Kosciuszko, Mississippi. I won't say what year. I'll let him tell you what year he was born in. He did graduate from Freed Hardman College in 66. That gives you some indication. He's worked with the Bates for several congregations in the Batesville area since uh, uh, 78, for a total of about 34 years before he retired and went to uh, Crockett. And he's preaching at Crockett Church of Christ. And he has, you will probably know him from his radio programs over the years. He's been on the radio for those 34 years and he still has a radio program. It's about a one minute spot, and you can catch it on the Country 101 station. He has two sons and a daughter, all faithful members, and his wife, Jane, is with us here this morning. So we're so proud to have Jane and Robert, and we look so forward to the lessons that he's prepared. So at this time, I present to you Robert Watson.
1: Thank you, Fred. well done. <laughs> Brief enough, and that's so good. Remember a story told in writing by Zig Ziglar in regard to his return to his home area. And uh, the meeting was conducted and he was uh, quite a salesman as you well know and quite a positive thinking speaker. And uh, he went to this particular auditorium and it was a humongous auditorium. And, and when he entered the front of the building, he decided to drop by the restroom and make sure that his hair was combed and his bow tie was straight. And uh, it was, he wasn't there very many minutes of time because it was a nice place and it had a reception area to the bathroom area. And then the bathroom fixtures were beyond the doors and there and everything. He didn't have to avail himself of any of that, but he was there at the mirror and all. And uh, this lady steps in and she was an old classmate of his. And she said, well, oh, Zig! And they greeted one another, met one another, shook hands and hugged and... She said, are you nervous tonight? And, and Zig said, oh, no, no. Said, I'm not the least bit nervous. Said, you know, I've spoken before kings and I've spoken before princes. and I have been all around the various corners of the world and I've been in Europe and I have been across America in some of the biggest venues in the world. Said, no, I'm not the least bit nervous. She said, well, if that's the case, why are you in the ladies' bathroom? <laughs> well here I am in this venue Today and I think about Mike Hickson in this pulpit And a capable person I've heard because of the website so many of the Lessons that he's presented And you can hear a lot of my lessons and everything Too on the BatesvilleChurchChrist.com Website they still maintain That for me and I appreciate that But uh, To have Alan Hires in this pulpit Here not too long ago at a meeting Time and Billy Bland And Keith Mosier. uh I esteem his friends and connections along the way with me I'm just kind of amazed sometimes in this regard I wouldn't be the least bit nervous this morning whatever I may say good to be with you all and God bless you and everything thank you for advertising the meeting exactly thank you for your candid comments uh, I was the only preacher he knew for about 30 years of time and for better or for worse that's what he along the way he got away from that and he's with you and He's a great help and a great aid. And to David and to Kathy, congratulations on something that I, if I'd known it, I'd forgotten it. And I'm so glad that you got your 44 years in. And that's just a great, great thing. And to meet others of you here that I've known uh, through the years, one place or another, uh, Jennifer Dickerson, who grew up there as well in and, and Batesville and all the good work done. And to meet just some new friends along the way. I'm so appreciative of your presence today. The house of God, identified as the church of the living God in 1 Timothy 3 at verse 15, a very familiar verse. But the passage back in Isaiah is the one that predicts that house of God. I worked a lesson this morning in the study period regarding the planning of God. I'd like to work this particular lesson in regard to the characteristics that the Lord said would be in that house. In Isaiah chapter 2, in reference to this particular matter, he notes to us that it would be in the last days that the Lord would set up his house, that it would be exalted above the hills, that all nations would flow unto it, that the people would say, come and go, let us go up to the house of the God of Jacob, and he would teach us his ways, and we'll walk in his paths. And then here's the description of it. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. The statements made here would describe a people of the house of God. We've gathered together this morning for this purpose of gathering as the house of the Lord. We want to be unlike the brethren at Corinth in the sense of misusing the Lord's Supper. They were corrected as to how they had mistreated the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning at verse 20, and actually made it into their own meal, their own supper. He corrected them in regard to their singing and their praying and their preaching in words and languages that could not be understood. In 1 Corinthians 14 at verse 15 through verse 18, he tells them that this was awful and terrible and that anyone who was visiting among them during the time that they did this would leave in saying, surely these people are insane. They're mad. And that there might be not a problem along the way. Their contribution in 1 Corinthians 16 verses 1 and 2 as he had given order to the churches of Galatia, so do you. On the first day of the week, lay by in store as God has prospered you, that there be no gatherings when I come. The need was of such great need that there would be a gathering, there would be a call for it, but it wouldn't be necessary if they efficiently, effectively made the contributions that they did on the first day of the week. And so we have gathered this morning and we've enjoyed this time together. And we've enjoyed the elements of thinking about the Lord and to sing in a positive way. Uh, Brother Mike, I don't know if we have a song leader in our generation now that's as much meaningful as Billy Sasser is when he puts some meaning to the song. And we appreciate that, Brother Billy, very much. And I know that the spirit of that will permeate all others who lead singing here and other places too because I knew that before I came, that spirit of feeling that this is so serious and so important. And so good for our souls. The Lord in his great plan wanted to have things to be done right. He wanted people to be built up and encouraged. He wanted people to invite others to come and be a part of that knowledge. He wanted them to invite others to become a part of that salvation. That hope of the soul was not going to be something that would just happen they'd have to go and say to the neighbor, come, let us go up to the house of the God of Jacob, to the mountain of the Lord's house. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. His ways involved a way of life that is a way described by Paul here in 1 Timothy 3.15. But if I tarry long, if I delay my coming, that you may know how you ought to behave yourself." in the house of God, how you do ought to behave yourself in the house of God, how you do your activity. Others will judge the Lord's house on that basis. Others will judge the Lord on that basis. You will need to make changes in your life so sufficient that as a result of your behavior from day to day, they will be influenced toward the Lord instead of repelled away from the Lord. As a result of that, the teaching that the Lord would be doing is teaching that would command them and compel them to make changes. Notice there in verse 4, which is not often cited, it is cited in result to, to the results of it. But notice what caused that. He says, And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords in the plowshare, the judgment of the Lord being set forth. And the rebukes of the Lord. Don't be this kind of person in the world. Don't be this kind of person in misery. Don't be this kind of person unforgiving. You know our Lord there in Matthew chapter 18 twice. One in a commanding section of verses. And the other in a emphatic statement at the close of that chapter 18. Tells us that forgiveness is to be 70 times 7. And more tells us this emphatic statement. For if ye forgive not others their trespasses against you from your heart, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. It is the case of truth that we recognize that this way of life is a rebuke to some. For I've had some even brethren to say at times, if that individual goes to heaven, I don't want to go. We don't want to say that. And we certainly don't want to practice that. Surely we're uninformed when we do say that. For certain it is the rebuke of the Lord. If we do not from our heart carry a willingness to forgive. The actual forgiveness we know is by the Lord himself. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 we read regarding that forgiveness. Forgiveness. And we read how that they were judged of the Lord and convicted of the Lord and the fact was that the Lord needed to forgive them. And the fact was that they needed to repent and be baptized for the remission of their sins. As you read there in Acts 2 and at 38, they that gladly received his word were baptized. There's a lot in that. They gladly received his word. These were words of rebuke to them. These were words of judgment to them. If you don't do this, you'll remain in your sins is the idea If you do not repent and baptize, you'll remain in your sins. But if you do repent and baptize, you will be free from those sins. You'll be forgiven. You'll have remission of those sins. The promise unto you and your children and to as many afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And how's the Lord calling people even today down to this 2013 generation? How's the Lord calling us? By those people of the house of God who are saying to others, come, let us go up to the house, to the mount of the Lord's house, to the house of the God of Jacob. He'll teach us his ways. We'll walk in his paths. Because of that conviction within our hearts, we responded. Because of that conviction in our souls, we changed the way of life. And because of that, we now have hope that we did not have any other way. That judgment of the Lord That judgment against the nations, that commanding system of the Lord was to be exercised on the lives of individuals who heard it and who wanted to respond to it. Who were convicted by it, pricked in their hearts and as a result respond to it. The concept is the concept of being a person who behaves in the house of God. Think about mom and dad. and You think about your home life. I hope that you had one of those home lives that's similar to what Miss Jane and I have enjoyed. Miss Jane was the daughter of Brother William Hull and Sister Irene Hull. Some of you may go back to the days of the Central Church here in Memphis, Tennessee. And Brother Hull was there in the early 50s and uh, conducted a debate too in the city, I think, at that time. And was a really instrumental person in the... Training for service series of teachers and the work that was done in that regard. You may want to see Miss Jane, talk to her about various things. She was a little girl at that time, growing up here in Memphis in this way. I'm just saying that in regard to this way of life, our families were families that were part of worship, they were part of going to gospel meetings, they were part of encouraging good things to be done, they were part of giving to good causes and good events to take place they were a part of relieving somebody who was downtrodden. Because of that spirit of life, it was somewhat maybe easier in life for us to accept it, to embrace it, to follow it. If we had a bad experience at home and mom was not helpful to us, dad was, as the song says, a stranger, it's a case that you don't want that to continue You know the hurt and the harm of that in feeling. You don't want that to go on to another generation of time. You don't want that to happen to anyone else. And so you want to embrace with tears the Savior, the Lord of Lords, and the King of Kings. You want to embrace him and be victorious at life's end. A lot of signs and symbols in the book of Revelation. And in reference to those signs and symbols, dragons and so forth, and and the old harlot and the old false prophet and the land beast and the sea beast, they're all together there in Revelation 17 when it says at verse 14, and these shall make war against the Lamb. But he shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him, now here's the part for you and me. They that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Are we behaving ourselves like we should? Called by the gospel. Oh, yes, wonderful is the call of the gospel to his excellent glory. Paul went out to the brethren of Thessalonica. We answer that call. Chosen by the Lord, Ephesians 1. Chosen by that predominant counsel of God. Wonderful is the way that we have embraced the blood of Christ and been washed free from our sins. But that last part, called, chosen, and faithful. Sometimes people will be faithful through their youth and through their young adult years and the rearing of their children and then decide at almost the door Into the afterlife, almost the doorway. I'll let it go. Not because of illness and sickness that wars against them and keeps them away from a service of worship, but because of choice. I'm just tired of the battle. I'm tired of the fight. I'm tired of the resistance. I'm going to be a part of the booze now. I'm going to be part of the dope. I'm going to be part of the anger. I'm going to be a part of the resistance of the Lord. Here in these advanced years and day-to-day times have been gone by and the the battling for and defense of the Lord's cause and, and with tears shed praying for people to respond to the way of the Lord is past experience. And now to become unfaithful to the Lord. I've seen it happen in the lives of young people. Growing up and being a part of every banner of memory work. Every banner of the Bible Bowl winners right and left. The trophies are there. The the certificates are framed and put on the walls of their room. Only to be challenged by some college scene situations. Leave their faith in God and their hope of the soul in Jesus misbehave in the house of God and become unfaithful but there's a way to come back there's a way to be restored I'll take you to Acts chapter 8 now and verse 22 in reference to a good man at Samaria the name is Simon and he is a man who is really worked a scene in regard to his making a living. He's a man who is a person who has worked his way and soothsaying in such a way that he can be successful and they think he's a great one in the general public. Now he sees the gospel. Here's the gospel. When that is preached and proclaimed there, Acts 8 and verse 8 says, there was great joy in that city. When that joy came about, he was a person who responded to obeying the gospel of Christ. Then he observed that Peter and John came down from Jerusalem. Now they were unlike in their gift and power. They were unlike the preaching that had been done by Philip. The teaching was the same. These people had been baptized into the Lord, but they didn't have the powers that these men could give them. These were apostles from Jerusalem. They had the power to give them this. And he saw that through the laying on the apostles' hands, this he called the Holy Ghost was given. The real power of the Holy Ghost was given. He said, "I have amassed a pretty good money, much money. I've got a little bit of money that I can give toward this. How much money would it cost for me to have this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive?" Peter immediately says his attitude and sees his purpose in mind, and that's probably a part of his reply. But for sure, he hears those words and says, Thy heart is not right with God. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God like this can be purchased with money, repent therefore this thy wickedness and pray God that perhaps the thought and intent of thy heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive the thyroid in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Immediately the conviction was a part of Simon. You know, a lot of ways he could have reacted to that. He could have said, why are you picking on me? I made a mistake, but I made an honest mistake. I thought this was something that would be purchasable by money. Why are you picking on me? And walked away, but he didn't. He didn't respond any other way than in a positive way. He wanted to stay with the Lord's way. He wanted to behave and do the Lord's will. And Simon said, pray you to the Lord for me that none of these things you've spoken can come upon me. Now what did Peter speak to him? Well, the context there says he spoke the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. I don't know exactly what that is in 2013. And I don't know that others know exactly what that is where the limitations of that Generational time and the time of writing of the commentary works. But I know this. I know that Simon knew what it was. And it scared him to death. And he didn't want anything to do with this. So much he wanted to be sure that his forgiveness was done. And he says to Simon Peter, pray you to the Lord for me that none of these things you have spoken shall come upon me. I don't know what that gall of bitterness and bond of iniquity was, but it wasn't good. And Simon knew exactly what it was and he knew it wasn't good. And he knew the way back to the Lord was a better way to choose. And through repentance and prayer, he could come back and behave as he should. In the house of God. Today this song of invitation is provided. And we'll sing together words of encouragement. The idea of the Lord's rebuke from his word is always there. And it's always there for us to make changes in our lives. And we are compelled to make those changes. And behave in the house of God. You see this church of the living God. The pillar in the ground of the truth. If it were to accept another way. And another lifestyle would harm the work of our Lord here upon this earth. Won't you come back to being faithful to him today as we stand together and sing a word of encouragement? Won't you come?